This episode is sponsored by TrueLearn, an exam prep company best known for their smart banks that turn your weak areas into your strengths. TrueLearn is the only company I trusted for Comlex Level 1 prep last year and Level 2 prep this year. Each TrueLearn practice question has detailed answer explanations and concise bottom lines for customizable studying. TrueLearn also has amazing USMLE smart banks, as well as subscriptions for shelf or comat exams. Go to TrueLearn.com and use one of my special discount codes I have for up to $35 off your subscription. Special discount codes can be found in the episode description. TrueLearn is the first line solution for excelling on exams. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and this is First Line. Here to bring listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness. Through an osteopathic lens, First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, hot topics in healthcare, the journey to becoming a physician, mental health, relationships, and even philosophy, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. This week is about the Enneagram 2. Twos are known as the giver, the nurturer, the helper, and the supporter. They prioritize making emotional connections with other people. This is what I think about whenever I see anything about empaths. I think about the Enneagram 2s. You may say they have strong emotional intelligence. Along with this, they also tend to be passionate people, and they're often very assertive as well. Like I said in the first episode, their deepest desire is to be wanted, to be loved, to be appreciated, and to be seen as kind and helpful, which they are usually quite good at. They're very hard workers. And their life is centered around relationships. They have big hearts. And they intuitively know what others need. And you might be wondering, well, gosh, doesn't everyone want to feel loved and want want to be wanted? But it's important to note that with the Enneagram, we're talking about the deepest desires that guide your behavior in the way you see the world. And for Enneagram 2s, it's all about other people. And when I go through the other numbers, you'll see that it's slightly different what their deepest desires are, even if it does include to be loved by other people, because who doesn't want to be loved by other people? Okay, so twos are very much externally motivated. They look to other people. So just like the other numbers in the dependent stance, ones and sixes, they look outwards in order to understand themselves. Unfortunately, this means that they sometimes need to be accepted by others in order to feel worthy or to feel good about themselves. So their identity and how they view themselves is based off of other people, and you could see how that could cause a lot of problems. They may even shift to accommodate the needs of others instead of themselves. So putting other people before themselves, which in a lot of cultures is seen as virtuous and is highly regarded. So twos are 
often glorified in their behavior. But unfortunately, a lot of times they have very low self-esteem and may have issues taking care of themselves, especially if there aren't other people um, stepping up to help them. If they're the one doing all the work, that can cause a lot of issues for them. Twos use helping primarily as a tool to meet their deepest need of feeling wanted. They first settle for being needed by offering services and support in any way that they can. And this is what twos believe they offer to the world. So it kind of makes sense that they would be hesitant to ask for help or even accept help themselves because that might take away their own value because they see that that is their role and they see that that is successful in meeting their deepest desire of feeling loved. So when other people take on that role, a lot of times twos say that they can do things themselves, but then they continue to put other people ahead of themselves. So it's kind of this nasty cycle. First Line is available on Spotify and Anchor, Apple, Google, Breaker, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon and Audible, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Castro, Player FM, Podbean, TuneIn, Reason, and iHeartRadio. Again, the unconscious childhood messages are ones that we received during our childhood, maybe from our parents, maybe from teachers, from peers, and we believed it to be true during our childhood. And you will find that a few of the childhood messages you might identify with, whether or not it's your number or not, but often you might identify with the childhood message for your number and then also the numbers that you move to. So you might have very little of the characteristics of a number, but if you do identify with the childhood message, then maybe that's a number that you move to, whether that is in stress or in security and growth. So as an Enneagram 2, as a child, the unconscious childhood message that you were led to believe was that it is not okay to have your own needs. It is not okay to have your own needs. And you could see how a child believing this could grow up to have the characteristics of an Enneagram too. So a lot of times, it's probably not a good idea to try to type or decide the Enneagram number for a child, but often going back to your childhood can help to differentiate and decide which number you are. So the lost childhood message is the message that the Enneagram number never heard and just missed out on. And it's also probably the message that this Enneagram number wants to hear. So for the Enneagram 2, the lost childhood message was, you are wanted. You are wanted. And you can think that if this was lost on a child, on an Enneagram 2 child, they might do things in order to feel that, in order to fill that void that 
they missed out on. I just thought it was interesting to take a little bit time right now just to go through all nine of the lost childhood messages just to have it all in one place and you can kind of go through and be like oh I did know this as a child or no I didn't know this as a child and I really could have heard that from someone kind of imagine a parent saying this to you or someone you look up to a church leader a teacher um even a best friend think about did I hear this? Did I miss out on this? Was this lost on me? Is this my lost childhood message? So I'm just going to go through all of them. So for the Enneagram 1, we already said was, you are good. So the Enneagram 1 was not hearing that as a child. They were working on being good so that they, they could have that. For the Enneagram 2, again, you are wanted. For the Enneagram 3, you are loved for yourself. You are loved for yourself. You'll hear more, but the Enneagram 3 is a lot about what can I do in order to feel loved instead of being loved for yourself. The Enneagram 4 lost childhood message is you are seen for who you are. You are seen for who you are. And then the Enneagram 5, your needs are not a problem. Your needs are not a problem. So the Enneagram 5 is a thinker that really seeks to get their needs met, being able to be um, self-sufficient in that way. And the Enneagram 6 lost childhood message is you are safe. You are safe. Kind of similar to the Enneagram 5, but this is more about fear. More fear instead of competency. They always feel like something is about to happen so they are a planner the enneagram seven lost childhood message is you will be taken care of so that's something that they haven't heard you will be taken care of enneagram eight lost childhood message is you will not be betrayed you will not be betrayed enneagram eight cares a lot about uh, loyalty and trust, and honesty, and integrity, and they are often seen as taking power because they think that other people having power over them will end in betrayal. The Enneagram 9, their lost childhood message is, your presence matters. Your presence matters. Enneagram 9s often, especially as children, feel like they are in the background all the time and that they don't contribute, that they can't contribute, and that their contribution, if any, is not important. So those are the ones lost on them. I'm not going to go through all the unconscious childhood messages. You'll have to listen to the other episodes with, with each of the Enneagram numbers to learn those. The Enneagram 2's vice, so their downfall really, or their sin is pride, which you might not expect because you see that twos are very selfless and always helping other people. But any two, if they're being honest, will tell you that they often have selfish ambitions for that help. Twos, especially in unhealthy space 
will easily fall victim to thinking that they know what is best for others and kind of being proud of that. They see that other people do need them and then the two feels superior because they are needed. And it just kind of makes them feel really important and might even inflate their self-esteem and kind of bounce the opposite way. Twos really just have this drive in order to feel respected and appreciated and that can often lead to kind of just this idea of of being proud of your accomplishments and how you're viewed by others. But this is often mixed with a lot of low self-esteem as well. So it's kind of just a cycle based off of other people because Enneagram 2s, their sense of self is very much intertwined with how other people see them and react to them. And just the fact that Enneagram 2s often need to be important to people. It's very much in their image, but in their image in the sense of relating to other people. And so, especially if you're more of an unhealthy Enneagram 2, which I don't want anyone to feel like they can't admit to having unhealthy traits of their number. It's more of on a spectrum than, oh, I'm a healthy one versus, oh, I'm an unhealthy two. It's way more of a spectrum. I will be the first one to tell you that for my number, I do have unhealthy traits and I do have a few healthy traits as well. So don't feel bad about that at all but do know like be self-aware of those unhealthy traits and then work towards embracing more of those healthy traits and that's really what Enneagram work is about at the basic level. What is the virtue for Enneagram 2s? So like I said virtues for the Enneagram numbers often don't seem like they fit with the number and that's because this is the healthiest version of the number it's what this number should strive to achieve okay so for the enneagram 2 it is humility humility so enneagram 2s need to work on letting go of the belief that other people need them completely and instead allow themselves to be themselves and to be worthy just by themselves instead of because other people need them right it's kind of bringing yourself down to realistic standards that yes you are helpful and sometimes other people need your help but you are not a make or break it for them, they can survive on their own. And that's really hard because Enneagram 2s pride themselves on having this capacity to love others so much and help others that it takes a lot to be humble. It really, really does. And part of this is also knowing how important you are without the feeling to rely on other people to determine their self-worth. So kind of again being realistic being like well I shouldn't have low self-esteem if people don't need me because I'm intrinsically made in God's image and therefore I do have value and I can't really increase my value beyond that I'm I'm made in God's image and that's it whether I help people or not like if I help people I'm not I'm not any more than that 
than made in God's image. So it is really tricky, but humility is something that Enneagram 2s should strive for. Another way we can think about the Enneagram numbers to understand the personality of each of the numbers is to look at what animal they line up with. And I think this is more of a fun way to do that and a little bit of like a visual tool also to kind of caricature each type to give a good overview and also to kind of elaborate on the healthy side and the unhealthy side of each number. The animals that I'll discuss is actually from Richard Rohr. To back up for an example for the Enneagram 1, I did mention this on my Instagram, but didn't mention it in the last episode, is that the Enneagram 1 is often seen as a B in healthy space because Enneagram 1s have the capacity to be very hard workers, very busy all the time, and they look at creating perfection and in the case of the honeybee it is to make the honey in order to support the hive and to support their colony and I think that's just a beautiful description about what a healthy Enneagram 1 looks like and then on the unhealthy side for the Enneagram 1 is the yelping terrier because Enneagram 1's driven by anger and driven by high expectations almost like a small dog who often complains if they don't get their way and i think that's just a good imagery of uh, the difference between the yelping terrier and the honeybee so for the enneagram 2 we can look at the unhealthy as being a puppy and it's a puppy because puppies will latch on to whoever is nearby very urgently show them love and want to gain their love. And a lot of times you'll see this with the Enneagram too, this kind of desperation in order to get their needs met in unhealthy twos. Whereas a healthy Enneagram two might look a little bit more like a cat. So cats, if you've ever had a cat or ever spent enough time with a cat, you'll know that Most of them can be very cuddly, but sometimes they're very much not cuddly in the complete opposite. They are free, they're independent, they do whatever they want. You can't call them, they won't come over. A lot of them do have this balance where they'll have both. They will be cuddly and they'll accept getting pet, but they have boundaries. So whenever they are finished with that, they can just go off and be by themselves and be completely on their own. So that just is a good imagery of Enneagram 2s that can set boundaries and can very much have close interpersonal relationships, but then also be able to be on their own and not seek that desperation of needing someone and being needed. They can be the cat and also exist on their own and with others. So how do twos move? So twos can often be stressed if they feel disrespected or unappreciated whenever their deepest desire is really not being met. They move into eight space. 
So eights are known as the protector and the challenger, also in the gut triad. So they are definitely the most passionate of the Enneagram numbers, outwardly passionate at least. So when twos move to eight, they just intensify in any anger or passion that they feel. It can often be explosive and sometimes out of nowhere or seemingly out of nowhere. They become a lot more assertive, even borderline aggressive at times, but they use the space in order to finally stand up for themselves when it's needed and to set boundaries. So they kind of boil under the surface. Twos are usually very uh, level-headed. So it's really only in stress where they can take on some of this eight space. And I really think it is good for any of the Enneagram numbers to embrace whatever number they're moving to and especially try to take on the healthy side of that number. So in the case of eight, taking on the assertiveness and setting boundaries would be the healthy side of it, but being a little bit too fiery and angry would be the unhealthy side of it. But either way, twos need that A space in order to confront their stress. And then in security, maybe all of their needs are being met. Maybe someone else is taking on some of the burden for it, but they still feel loved and needed. Then they will find a quieter space, often in solitude, in which they can recharge and spend time in their own thoughts, have a little bit of a more internal focus than an external focus. So as far as growth for the Enneagram 2, twos really need to work on saying no. And if you are an Enneagram 2, this might ruffle your feathers a little bit because you probably hate saying no to people, especially if they come to you and they say, I need your help. Enneagram 2s, their deepest desire is that and to help and to swoop in and save the day. But everyone has their limits. And sometimes I doubt that Enneagram 2s have a limit because I see how much they can do. But yes, even Enneagram 2s have their limits. And a lot of 2s work past their limits. But what are you sacrificing for that? your mental health, maybe your physical health, your spiritual health, your identity, your dreams, your ambitions, everything is priorities. So if you are saying yes every time someone asks you for something, what are you giving up? And if you're an Enneagram too, you're probably like, yeah, but do I have to say no? Like that seems so harsh. And yes, yes, that is correct. You don't have to say no, like flat out like that, but you can definitely be honest and say, hey, I have a lot on my plate right now. I would love to help you. However, can I help in a smaller way or just this time I'm unable to, maybe next time. There's always a way to continue that interpersonal relationship to get your needs met. And then also to get your other needs met as far as self-care goes and your own health and your own needs. There's always going to be a balance. You can get the best of both worlds 
don't think that if you say no to someone that they won't love you anymore because that's not true. That is probably what you've been telling yourself for years. But it's not true. People do not love you for what you do. They love you for who you are. Keep helping, but don't give up yourself. Figure out what is actually yours to do because you can often take on way too much. Not just physical work, but emotional and spiritual work as well. Twos may struggle to get their own needs met because they're focusing on other people so they can quickly get taken advantage of. So that's why it is so important to set limits. The sooner you can do this in life, the better. Because I don't want anyone aging and looking back and feeling unfulfilled because you always put others before yourself and you never figured out who you are and you were always taken advantage of. There's always a healthy balance and I hope that if you are in Enneagram 2, to learn how to take care of yourself as well and surround yourself with people who give and take instead of just take. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm on Instagram at Firstline Podcast. Also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. You can reach out for any questions, comments, suggestions, feedback. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again.